the intent of the Love Trades podcast is to capture and share the amazing stories of people who are doing incredible work in trades, skills, or in other spaces that require some type of education or learning that didn't take a four-year or more degree. First of all, good morning, everyone. And I'd like to introduce Sal Coca, CEO of Hypo Footwear and Apparel. This is the Love Trades podcast. Thank you for joining us. And especially thank you, Sal, for being a guest on the podcast this morning. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. So the first thing that I want to touch on is how we kind of know one another. Sal and I met almost, well, now it's been probably six, eight months ago where we were at a a partnership looking at technology and how different technologies are emerging, not only in the state of Wyoming, but across the nation. One of uh, Sal's, I'd say like one of the the characteristics of Sal that most uh, stood out was his desire to be extremely, extremely entrepreneurial and really dedicated to looking at the market and see like what's missing and where the gaps are. And then looking at his talents to say like, this is how I can make a contribution to the world around me. So Hypo Footwear was born and as a result of uh, the his guest, um, as a, as a guest on this podcast, we're going to hear a lot more about that, but I am thankful that I'm able to wear your product today and other days. Good good on you. Hey, thank you. So first things first, like tell us, fill us in, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are, like running, managing and innovating within a shoe company. Well, honestly started when, when I was a little kid, I was uh, always a kind of a sneaker head and not in the sense of uh, buying every sneaker, but just um, I'd be that kid. I'd be 10 years old in Foot Locker um, in the mall and I'd run to Foot Locker. My mom's like, she knew where I was going and I'd be looking at every shoe, um, you know, that saying like the Nike sign should be this way or this, the strap should be over here and all that stuff. And I'd be there for a couple hours. So I was always interested in the, you know, designing and, and specifically basketball shoes and stuff like that. So, but after college, I had, I had a basketball scholarship, but um, ended up finishing at the University of Wyoming. Um, got a degree in kind of uh, in recreation, um, a similar field, exercise sports science, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I just kind of got a job and I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. I just didn't really know what. But after 10 years of in the workforce, I was miserable. Like, miserable i mean i had a house uh golfed on the weekends um had a pretty decent life good benefits you know had pretty much which what you would want i guess in life and i was miserable like just completely miserable stressed i felt like i hadn't accomplished anything um and i was always interested in the sneaker business kind of in through the years i would research it how it worked and after like i said being miserable just working I just quit my job cold turkey and I started learning, um, designing uh, the tech packs, um, just had to do it. And so I sold my house. I cashed in my retirement. Parents uh, helped with a loan and $250,000 later um, and a couple of years of just designing and learning, you know, shipping and customs and manufacturing. And, and I'm still learning. I mean, I made my fair share of mistakes, but a couple years later, Hypo was born, and now we're, you know, we've been live for a couple of years, 
And, um, you know, we're in that next phase right now of uh, working on some new stuff, uh, some newer technology, um, you know, networking, branding, still continue to do that stuff. But it's one of those things where, you know, our, our, our motto is go get it. You know, if you want something in life, you got to go get it. You know, nobody owes you anything. You're not entitled to anything. Nobody's going to help you. Um, nobody cares. Um, even if they say they they can help you, unless you're paying them or they got some vested interest in the company, you're very rarely going to find anybody that's going to put the work in like you are. So you just have to go get it. You know, you have to be, uh, have some fortitude, some perseverance and willing to, to, to get told no a hundred times and just get back up and keep going. So, you know, this is where we are. We're in that second phase of the business. Um, it's awesome because we, we meet people like Beth who is like, you know, similar, uh, in the mentality of, of, of life, not just business. So it's just, um, it's where we're, at, where we're at now and, um, we're ready to take that kind of next step. So you, you cashed in everything. I mean, you like sold the proverbial farm, <laughs> that like this life is not for you. And that's kind of like more of the, the standard corporate, like here's the way you scaffold right. your life and here's the way you should think about it. And if you said like, Hey, I'm going to throw the flag on this. It's not for me. It sounds like you took a massive financial risk and financial risk, uncertainty for the future. What do you think were some of those tipping points that made you say like, you know what, I'm willing to make a change and I'm willing to bet the farm and I'm going to risk it all. Well, the main thing is I was stressed. I mean, I was to the point where I couldn't sleep. I had not like enough stress, not in my stomach where I could, I'd sleep maybe an hour a night. And, and this was going on for weeks and months and it had been building for years just because I, I wanted to do something in my life. I wasn't happy. And so when you're stressed like that, you're, I don't want to say it was easy just to sell everything, but it was, it was like this weight was lifted off me when you, when you finally realize you're, you're going to start to do something that you want to do. Cause I look at it like this after college, um, all you do is work your whole life. You're going to work the majority of your time that you're awake. You're going to work until you're 65 is the norm. I mean, you're going to either you're going to work or either you're working or you're preparing to go to work or, you know, you only have basically the weekends if you're a Monday through Friday, you know, seven to five person. So if you're going to spend most of your time working, why wouldn't you find something that you want to do that you enjoy? And I always, I always heard, you always heard people say like, if you find something you love, you never work a day in your life. And I always attributed that to like sports. And because if you're a coach or you're an athlete, you're, you're not really, you feel like it's work. You're just enjoying your life. But if you're past that phase where you're not, going to be in the NBA or you're not didn't want to really coach anymore or whatever. How can you find that? You got to find an interest that you like and try to turn it into a career. So I didn't want a job. I didn't want a boss. I didn't want to punch a clock um, Monday through Friday, you know, and that's honorable. I'm not, I'm not, you know, dismissing that or looking down because my parents are hardworking blue collar people and that's where I come from. So I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that at all. People have to survive, support their families and all that stuff. But I wasn't married yet, you know. I don't. I didn't. I don't have kids yet, and I was just. I had the opportunity to do it, and so, just being kind of stressed and in, in, in realizing, like, look, nothing. No one's going to hand you anything. Like, if you want your happiness the way you want it, and to control your environment and your destiny and your 
and the people around you and philosophically how you want to live with, you know, with, with work and your company, you got to do some drastic things and you have to take a chance. And I think the two biggest things that why an entrepreneur doesn't succeed is the first, you, you have to envision yourself doing it. Like, yeah, see, I can do it. Like I'll, I, I can envision myself in that corporate office, um, running my company, my shoes in Foot Locker, finish line. You can, you have to see like, I can do it. And the second one is probably the biggest one is, are you willing to take that chance? I mean, are you going to put that work in? Are you going to sell your house? Are you going to take a loan? Are you going to minimize your, your, your lifestyle? Of, you can't, I can't golf every weekend when you, when the way you were, are you, can't, are you willing to do that? Because some people, a lot of people have good ideas, but they're not uh, willing to, to, to get away from that comfort zone of like that, that stability of, you know, the retirement when they're 65 and all that, they're not willing to do that. And me, I was like, I, I never looked at life as I want to retire. I mean, when hype was successful, when I, if I'm 70 and I'm still running, I looked at it as a good thing because I really enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work. So um, that it was, it was kind of an easier decision than, than, than people would think. Um, and you look back and you're like, man, you, you're either crazy or genius. I mean, you're, or, you know, you look kind of look back at it like that, but when you're not happy and, 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 and it, it made it a little easier just because life wasn't going to change around me. I had to change it. And so that's kind of what I did. And it, it just came to the point where, you know, you got, you got to go get it. I think that is um, like nuggets of gold for the future for people that are listening to this, as well as just like the legacy that you're leaving every single day as you move through, the, through this. I love what you just said, as you pointed out two particular things and you said, see yourself doing it. And are you willing to put in the time? I think those are two like really tangible things that, we can all learn from as we orient to the world around us. So many people I feel are told early in middle school and high school that they have to have it all figured out by the time they're 16. And it seems like you had your passions early on when you were younger, thinking about sneakers and what that might look like as a product on shelf. Then you kind of like fell into this pattern that we're all kind of herded into to say, like now let's think about school and that education and what that job's going to look like and what that name behind a, or that title behind a business card uh, name is going to look like. But it, what I'm hearing is that it wasn't like, it doesn't come at 16. Like it might come at 26. It might come at 30. It might come at 45. And it sounds like you're really encouraging that people pause and ask themselves those two questions. Like, what do you envision yourself doing and what are you willing to give up in order to get there? Oh, exactly. Like you said, if, if like the first thing obviously is look at your situation. I mean, you have to live, you have to eat, you have to have a house. So you have to be able to provide that um, for yourself. And luckily, you know, I had the, the help of my family to help here and there with things like that. My, my, my mom, my dad, my brother and stuff like that. I owe them a lot. So I had that support for them. But like you said, if, if, it's you got one life to live and like i said you don't get a second chance we're all gonna die one day um why not live it how you want to live it and do what you want to do because i don't think a person really gets the sense of the real world until you hit the working world because mm -hmm. in college you you, you know you, you go to class you do your homework you're partying with your friends and all that stuff and you're thinking oh i want to do this but until five six years into your working careers when you realize how the world is um, it, whether you like your career or not, whether you're 
making the money you want to make, whether you see the potential of moving up, um, getting promoted, you see the, the politics and bureaucracy of, of offices and work and who's getting this and that. And that's just life. It's not about, um, life's not fair. You know, if you want it to be how you want it, you have to do something about it, whether that be preparing yourself, getting extra training for your job or doing stuff like that. But um, it's just something that you have to take and like, and only, you know, what you like, like, you know, your passion, what you, what you're good at. Everybody's good at something. And so, like you said, is if people got family, they got to provide it. It's different for them because they have to put food on the table for people. Um, so I understand that it, it might be harder for them to do stuff. But like I said, if you want something, you know, like I said, you'll find a way to do it. You know, either what you might minimize your lifestyle. If you had a house like me, I, I had a house, um, a three floor, nice townhome. And now I'm going to, you know, I, I moved into a studio apartment after that. And so you're going to have to minimize things and you can't go out as much when you're starting. You can't play golf. You can't do this. You can't go wherever just because you're, everything's going into the business. So you have to be willing to do that. But for me, it was easier because it was my business. I was learning something that I loved and I would spend hours and it'd be one o'clock in the morning and I'd be still on the computer and be like, wow, this time went fast because it doesn't feel like work. Mm -hmm. So once you find something that you're good at and something that you're, um, um, that anything's possible, there, there's a good movie called uh, stand and deliver. It's a, uh, or the it's in East LA where they, they teach these kids from a you know a, you know like a poor neighborhood you know calculus and you know they never thought they'd learn calculus and one of the kids was going to drop out of school because he want he could make good money being a mechanic and the teacher went to the to the school and said hey man what are you doing he's like I can make good money I can you know he's like so he takes him for a ride in his car and he says yeah you can but you also can make good money designing these things too you know what I mean so you got to realize what you can do, you know, like you can do what you want to do. If you have an interest, you'll, you'll find a way to get it done. But, but like I said, you got to be willing to put that wrench time in. You got to be willing to work and, and make your mistakes. Cause believe me, I've made a lot of mistakes the last three, four years of, of, of learning, just learning. Like, and I wouldn't have known unless I made them. So you're going to do that. So don't get discouraged when you waste a couple thousand dollars on, on something you didn't need or, something didn't work out or someone said no or whatever. That's, you know, failure is a part of success. It's not, it's not the end all when you fail. It just means that you got to find a different route. So yeah. that's what I've done. You know, that's what I've tried to do at least. Okay. Well, that's a good segue into the next question that I have is that you took the love trades assessment. Thank you for taking some time to do that. Yeah. And there was one item on there that really caught my attention, which was the personal adjustment, which I really see as like a, a factor of resilience. And it sounds like that's something that as an entrepreneur or someone who's willing to like take these massive risks that you're talking about and you live every day, that you have to be able to kind of build in these ways to be resilient, to bounce back from hearing no, to be willing to get feedback learn a hard lesson yeah. that might even be an expensive lesson. Sounds like you've learned some of those. What are some of the tools that you have that have helped you like get to this point where you're comfortable when you hear no, that you know that that's not a personal attack, that it's mm -hmm. maybe just a no for wherever someone else is at or wherever a situation is at. Like how do you fail forward in that sense? 
I mean, the, the, the way the easiest way I can say it is, is I always see the end game. And that's the thing you have to see yourself in that position. Like when I'm designing a shoe or I'm sketching, I see this on an NBA player. I see this in Foot Locker. I see everybody wearing it. And I see myself in this office um, with my subordinates and going over the, the this week's marketing plan. I see the end game. And so if you don't see the end game, like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work, you're never going to get there. You, you won't, you won't succeed, but I've always, I always see the end game. So when you're, when you're explaining to people what you're doing or what you're trying to do, they may be like, nah, this, you know, we're not ready for this, or you're not ready yet or whatever. It's kind of okay because I see what, what the end game is. I, I know where I'm going to get to. And so, and the, the biggest thing too, is I'm glad it's hard because if it was easy, everybody would do it. The market would be flooded. It would just be, it wouldn't be a capitalistic, you know, um, society. Like you see the, the, the big wigs that succeed, you know, like the Steve Jobs and the, and, and the um, Bill Gates and all that. I'm sure they had a lot of struggle in the beginning trying to get, get what they were going. And you look at the Nike story saying nobody wanted to finance them in the beginning. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to be willing to, to, you have to see that end game and say, look, I don't care what you say. I'm going to be successful with or without you. If you want to come along for the ride, come along, come, you know, but say, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking you're telling me no now or whatever in 10 years, you're going to see like, Hey, that guy made it, you know, like, look at him. I knew that guy or he tried. So you can't take it personal because I'm, I'm the type of guy. People are starting to reach out to me a little bit on how I started and what I could do. And, um, if they want to do collaborations with me or something like that. And I'll, and I'm learning. So I, I, I know more now, like, no, nah, it's not going to work for me. So I'm telling them no in some way, um, um, which is in your, you're telling them no, because it's not, it's not beneficial to you or whatever. So it's not personal. And you, and I tell them that it's not, look, I, I'm just, it's not going to work between us. Like it's, it, I mean, there's no, I don't see it benefiting either one of us, which is, and it's fine. So you have to learn that it isn't personal but take the constructive criticism and listen to what they say. It might help you, you know, so, but you got to see the end game. If you don't see yourself in that position of success, it's, you're never going to, you won't get there. Like you'll, if you're just like tippy toeing in like, well, you told me, no, it's might not meant to be. Well, that's not the case. You, you have to go back to the drawing board. And, and I mean, in, in these four years, three to four years, I've learned it's, and I, I still don't know, probably more than 50% of what I need to know, but I've learned a lot of what I should have done or didn't do or what I need to do. And, and I'm learning on a daily basis, you learn something. And so you just got to have an open mind, um, take every meeting in the beginning, uh, take every networking uh, event. I would never would have met you if I didn't drive five hours to, to Jackson, six hours to Jackson. I never would, you know, I never would have met some people up there, some connections to, to whatever. And so just, just take, absorb everything, especially in the beginning and don't take it personal when someone tells you no, because if you see the end game, it's part of the process. So. Mm-hmm. Well, your story is coming full circle by how you began the conversation today say like envision yourself in that space. It would seem like having that horizon view of, picturing yourself successful is what gets you like out of bed in the mornings at times and probably what like 
is the motivation behind declining a dinner invitation or an afternoon of golf. Like it's, it's looking forward and that's what helps justify some of the things you have to decline or some of the opportunities you have to miss that are just like those fun recreational opportunities that I think we live for. But it probably is like the thing that keeps you so focused. And when the trials or the learning opportunities that seem a little tough and really challenge us to get out of our comfort zone occur, you have your mindset on this prize at the end. And as a result of having that really well articulated and defined in your own mind and soul, that helps get you there. And I think that's uh, really, really valuable information that you're sharing today. Yeah, it's funny because it will keep you up. I mean, it'll get you up in the morning and it'll keep you up, but it's good. It's, it's kind of good stress. It's like, there's times where I have an idea and I'll jump up at three in the morning and, and start getting it down or, or, or going over some stuff. And there's stuff where I'll, I'll be on the computer till two in the morning just because you don't want to finish. You don't want to stop till you kind of get you a good uh, stopping point, a good place to when, when you want to finish. So it's, and that's the thing is I, I don't really look at it as work, even though, um, it is, you are working. So like you said, you'll put, and the thing is, you're going to have to, you're not going to work a normal 40 hour week, which is fine with me. You're going to work, you might work 60 hours space throughout the week, Saturday, but it doesn't really feel like work, you know, because you're doing something that you want to do. So, yeah, I mean, you just kind of get used to the grind and you appreciate, um, you appreciate it, you know, like I said, so it's one of those things you'll work some weird hours You'll be up at night um, preparing for something or you have an idea or just the kind of stress of a big meeting or a big um, event coming up will keep you up. Um, but it, it, I look at it kind of as, as healthy uh, stress opposed to what I, I had before um, mm -hmm. going through where you're just kind of miserable. So, yeah, it, it's all part of it. Like your life will completely change. I mean, you, you're, you're, you'll be you like I said, you work weird hours, weekend, a couple hours here, a couple hours at night, in the morning, this and that. You got events that you have to get to, and it might be an event where you just it wasn't you think it wasn't worth coming, and like, ah, it didn't really benefit. But you might meet somebody there that connects you to somebody else, that connects you to somebody else that you need. So it's just one of those things where even if you feel like you've done something that was pointless or worthless. A year later, it, it might turn out, hey, man, that, that connection helped me. So you'll never know. You know. That's it. I think that uh, one of the things that you and I share and have talked about before is how important it is to connect with people because you never know who's right in front of you. Yeah. And that's the way you and I met. That's the way that I've met most everyone in my network. And in a lot of cases, a lot of them are cold calls because the connections that we bring the people that we present ourselves as in front of others is just so important and, and extremely valuable because we never know where that's going to go, where that relationship will go or who that person will connect you to. And so when we start to embrace the people around us, it sounds like that's also, you see that that's also like hugely beneficial to helping you get to that definition of success in your life. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's the key is, is networking connections. Um, especially now where we're at, we, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, bring on investors and do all that stuff. So, and you just need that one person, you meet that one right person and it might be game on, you know, to the next level. So 
like I said, take every, take, especially in the first couple of years, take, go to every networking event, even if it's nothing to do with your business. Um, take every meeting, even if you have to drive 45 minutes to get to that meeting, um, seek help, you know, seek, seek advice from people. Um, and just, like I said, cold calls, network, it's all right to, if, if you get told no, you know, so what, you're right back where you, you, you were started anyway. So, um, just be willing to, and like, I'm not a very outgoing person. I'm not a shy person, but I'm not an outgoing person. Like if I don't know you and, I, and I'm not at a networking event, most likely I'm not going to come up to you or I might just wait or whatever. I'm not that type of person. Like you, you can't, like you, you're very outgoing. You, can, you came up to me, asked you know, who I was and what I was here for and stuff. And so you meet people like that, you know? So you meet people that maybe a strength that you don't have, hey, that person can can help me or she can, or he can, or she can. Um, benefit me or my company because I'm not good at this part. Let me, you know, she may be able to to help in that part. So, or he may be able to help in that part. So, um, like I said, just be kind of be open to stuff because you're going to meet people that you didn't expect um, for your business, um, but they may be really beneficial. Um, so just, you know, keep that eye open and don't be afraid to take calls um, and uh, don't be afraid to call people. Don't be afraid to reach out. You know, if they don't reach back out, or they, they say no, that's okay. You know, you'll, uh, but you might, they might call you in a year. You might meet up with them in the year. They're like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't get back to you. I remember now, whatever. So it's weird how things happen. So, you know, that's, that's business. <laughs> I like how you said the relationship piece is almost like skill stacking of sorts. So you mentioned that I was going to ask you, like, what advice would you give for someone who isn't really outgoing or doesn't have a tendency to describe themselves as maybe extroverted. And you kind of answered that without me even asking, although I still want more uh, of your feedback, but it sounds like you also sometimes have a tendency of not wanting to be that outgoing person, but throughout your network, you've built the supports around you and the resources around you. So that maybe where you fall short, your network itself like compensates for that and helps support you, prop you up and build you up, not only you personally, but your company as well. What other tips do you have for someone who maybe isn't as outgoing as they feel like they need to be? I would just say do it for the business because like you said, if, and if you need to talk to somebody, you, you always have the subject of your business to talk about. So it may be like some networking things or mixers and functions, they might be low awkward stuff like that. But like, if you have something to, that's important to you, like to talk to them about, it'll, it'll get you over that. Like I said, I'm not shy or nervous. It's just not me. And so, um, you have your business to talk about and just think of it. You're doing it for your business. So hey, you get to meet some people, talk to them a little bit about stuff. Look at it as just um, doing some research on the computer or something like that. You're doing it for business purposes. So, and, and like I said, if, if you're not, there's a lot of things that like you're not going to be good at, but just try to surround yourself with people that are. And I know in the beginning you can't pay a lot of people, but you, there's ways to, to work stuff where you can, exchange services. Um, you can offer them, like you said, some equity in the company for some stuff, some sweat, you know, they do some sweat equity for you. So there's ways to find stuff to say, Hey, you want to grow with us? This is our plan. This is what we're trying to do. So, um, just, just remember that it, it isn't really personal. Don't take it as like they're, if they don't want to talk to you or they just like, Oh, it doesn't work just that they're, 
they don't like you. But do it for the sake of the business, I, I would say, just because, like you said, it's, there's things you're not going to be good at, you know, uh, marketing or just sell. Like, there's some people that are just good at selling, selling stuff. Like, they can just go talk to anybody. They know how to break the ice. They know what to say. They know what not to say. I'm not, like, bad at talking to people, but I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm not a salesman that can just – you're better off. You're good at that. I got another buddy who's phenomenal at that. They may not, like I said, be the best at creating stuff or whatever, but if you give them something, they can take over a meeting and, 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 and get someone engaged and stuff like that. So just try to find people that, um, that can make up for, I guess, your weaknesses because you're going to be stretched a lot of different ways from the creative part to the, to the marketing, advertising, uh, the account, accounting, bookkeeping, uh, event planning, um, just your trademark and, and registration with the government. Um, you're going to be stretched a lot of different ways in the beginning. So you're learning a lot of different things and you may not be good at, you, you may have some working knowledge of all of them, but you, your strength might not be, in some of them. So you're going to have to reach out just out of necessity because you, you know, and you're going to make your mistakes. Don't get discouraged, but remember, you're going to be stretched thin. So um, it, don't be afraid to ask because it's, you got a lot of things going on, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet time management is something that oh, yeah. has become some, uh, a trait that you've really honed in on mm-hmm. and have some really good uh, abilities behind. Well, thanks for sharing a lot of information about Hypo, about your company, kind of how you got to where you are today and the vision that you have for the future. One question that I always ask is what is a brand that you just are totally digging right now? Like what is something that you just couldn't live without? Was one of those products out there that you're just absolutely loving right now? Well, Nike is a standard barrier for every sneaker company and they, they're always innovative and stuff. So they're always a, a company, even though I don't like a lot of the, the way they're marketing and what they're marketing to and some certain things that they're trying to, to do. Um, as far as an overall brand, they're up there, but uh, one brand that I've always kind of liked and they've been around since the late eighties. They're not, they're not in mainstream stores. It's called G star. Um, they're kind of a streetwear brand. I think they're from Europe, but they just have a, a nice vibe um, to them. Um, um, like I said, you won't find them in any, in any mainstream department stores or in the mall or a lot in the U S you have to kind of go back East, I would say. Um, but I love their, their kind of style and vibe and uh, like Supreme is a brand that everybody kind of likes just because, um, them and Vans are, I, I like the simplicity of stuff. Minimalism is what I like. And that's kind of what hypo is. You know, we want to bring that to like more of a sneaker and stuff like that and, I think you can be a minimalist, you know, s- simplicity, but still have some pop and stuff. And that's what we're trying to do. I'm not in for a lot of different crazy, you know, designs as far as, as right now I mean, we might expand, but those kind of four, four brands that you kind of see, there's a simplistic minimalism that I, that I've always liked. And, um, that, and I don't want to say you want to copy them because you, you want to have your own style, but, um, it's just kind of influences that you've, that I've had probably over the years. And, um, but yeah, th- those, those companies are, are um, kind of a, uh, in, in my, in my area that you kind of look, Hey, they're pretty, they're pretty kind of stick out to you and stuff like that. So. 
Oh, that's great. Well, what can we as a as a followers of Hypo, uh, the country itself, like what can we look forward to seeing coming from Hypo over the next year? Anything that you can share yet? Yeah, I mean, just some innovative designs. We're working on a newer technology, kind of something with, with the University of Wyoming. Um, and just some like more uh, customization, I guess, to you, to your style and your foot, especially. So, um, you know, we're we're working right now. That's our main thing. You know, we're thinking long term. So, we'll get the next product out whenever we get it out. As far as you know, we want it to be right. As far as you know, the technology and and more. I guess more professionally done as far as marketing and and um, um, PR PR stuff. As far as you know, building a an awareness more building a, a campaign and building an anticipation of stuff. So we got some pretty cool innovative shoe designs that we have in the initial development. You know, we're just waiting a lot for um, investor funding to really bring it to a, a more of a mainstream audience. And and not just that, just we'll work, like I said, we're working on a kind of a, a newer technology um, customization to, to the individual. So, um, we're hoping to get that out this year. You know, COVID is really, is really shut down a lot of things and stuff like that. So we'll see how it goes. But you know, until then, you know, just check on the hypofootwear.com. Um, I know we're out of a lot of shoes and the popular sizes, but we got some cool apparel. You know, like what you're wearing that it looks good on you right there. That that hoodie you got on. Um, and we'll, we'll be releasing some more stuff in the spring and then obviously in the fall. So, um, but just uh, we just feel like we were. Uh, and one of the big things that I, I didn't really mention is we want to bring a lot of manufacturing, at least some of it, to 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 the U.S. Um, and especially to to the Wyoming, Colorado area where where, where I do most of my stuff. So um, we want to be a a not just a uh, a the athleisure you know athletic street fashion company. We want to we want to do a lot of the the manufacturing sourcing. Um, in the U.S., so it, it, I know right now at the beginning it's tough to do that just because of price. But as we as we grow, that's one of our main things. So um, instead of having this kind of broad, generic, um, a lot of designs that get shipped out, where like big companies do, we want to be a little bit more uh, flexible as far as uh, maybe pumping stuff out, um, newer stuff out sooner instead of the traditional. Um, uh, spring fall sessions and stuff that fashion and that street and that sneaker companies do. So we want to do some like customizations and, and, and more, um, I guess more, be more flexible in, in, in releases on our, on our stuff. So. Wow. That's incredible. Not only are you a man with a mission and a vision behind you and a lot of energy, but you're looking at that social uh, orientation, that social good that we can return manufacturing back to the United States, not only for our economic growth and jobs, but to to help people live their dream through your brand. That's really, really special. That is great. So you mentioned briefly the place that people would go to get more information, to uh, anticipate the rollout of new product, to get product is hypofootwear.com. And like you said, the motto kind of behind all of this and your mantra every day is go get it. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think the youth of the nation and other entrepreneurs in general are going to be very inspired by your message. And I can't thank you enough once again for spending time this morning 
chatting through how you got to where you are and what you see in your future. Any parting thoughts? No, thank you. I appreciate everything. Um, just like you said, it's it's up to you to to create what you want to do in life. Like I said, it's and it's not going to be easy. Just remember that it's not easy. And there's going to be some days where you think like, man, what, did, what am I doing and stuff like that. So but just remember, like, if, if you want something in life, you have to go get it. Like, it's not going to fall into your lap. So just remember that that you will you will fail. But it doesn't mean your that your company or whatever is is a failure. It's just a, it's just a it's just part of the journey. So. Yeah. Great words of wisdom this morning. Uh, once again, talking to the CEO of Hypo Footwear, Sal Coca, man with a mission and a fabulous vision. You can hear more, get more information at hypofootwear.com. And thank you for uh, being a part of this, Sal, for Love Trades. We really look to elevate the position of skills and trades and essentially at the end of the day, helping people live their passion. Thanks again, and I look forward to staying in touch and following you as well. All right. Thanks, Beth. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Bye, Sal. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Love Trades podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with a friend.